Welcome to this episode of Coffee with Source. When I met Alyssa Couture, the idea was to ask her about her spiritual practice, what she'd uncovered along the way studying fashion and spirituality. The conversation took a turn when we started exploring the topic of energy, vibrations, and the impact that the fashion industry has on the planet, on our bodies, our souls, and our own unique frequencies. Enjoy the show. So good morning, everyone, and welcome to this incredible episode of Coffee with Source. Today, we're going to be discussing what it means to be fashionably healthy. My very special guest is Alyssa Couture, and she is a fashion author, fashion entrepreneur, and we're going to have a lovely discussion with her today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that you're here. This is just an awesome topic. And I mean, you and I just had a a brief conversation about how this is still very new. And so when I read about you, I was like, I need to meet this girl. I need to know what she's doing. What is this? So can you tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background and how you came to, to this path in particular? Yes, absolutely. So I um, was originally Uh, going to fashion school when I was a teenager, I remember I was really involved in fashion illustration and creating fashion collages at a very young age. So I had a passion at, at, you know, 16 or 17 years old. So then I had uh, went to Academy of Art University and majoring in fashion design. And I spent many years taking courses there and it really um, was such a fun place to be. I learned a lot and I was able to sort of grasp different things about the fashion industry and fashion business but I also noticed that there was this constant feeling and theme that I really wanted to push fashion forward and come up with philosophical and theoretical ways that we can sort of transform fashion communication and language. So that kind of always sort of was something I'm about. And I do have a background in fine art. So some of my creativity with um, painting illustrations sort of kind of was put and expressed into my fashion wardrobe and how I perceived and looked at fashion. So when I um, had spent many, many years working in retail, I was always sort of um, passionate about styling and passionate about the wardrobe and what types of products people like and want. And I have had a range of fashion roles from fashion journalism to fashion show production, fashion retail management, styling, and um, also fashion design. I had launched a fashion brand called Alternative Fashion, and it was a small eco fashion brand. I made over maybe 12 or 15 collections, sample collections from scratch, and they were 
put in fashion shows and they were also entered into the Saks Fifth Avenue designer talent search emerging competition excuse me, Emerging Designer Talent Search Competition. So I always really had these projects going on, either entrepreneurial or corporate fashion roles. And what really kind of made me sort of bring in some of the spiritual aspects, the energetic aspects, the new age aspects of this book is my serious passion for uh, health, alternative health, um, natural healing remedies, uh, spirituality, uh, esoteric teachings. And I have lived and worked in several ashrams and monasteries in, you know, California, Michigan, West Virginia. I have put myself in the you, you lived in the monasteries? Yes. Yes. I lived there and I also uh, worked there. So I would basically sort of just, it was be, it would be my lifestyle. I was completely immersed in these ashrams and monasteries. Um, one was, my first one was at Shivananda Vedanta Center in San Francisco. And then I had also my most previous place that I had visited and worked at was the monastery in Highview, West Virginia called Bhavana Society. And um, that was actually the place where I really knew and felt very strongly about writing this book about fashion. It, it was sort of my launching place. And it was the, the place, it, it was a bit back in 2018 where I was really inspired actually by the monk, the, the lead monk, Bhante Gunaratada, he's a famed author of many spiritual meditation uh, books. And he really inspired me because he made it sort of like it, you know, actual. And so when I went to the, 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 the monastery, I knew I wasn't spending enough time writing. So I moved to Mount Shasta and I have had visited Mount Shasta uh, a while back, a couple times. And this place, I don't know if you know, is a sacred site. It's That's a what I was going to ask you. For those who are listening who have no idea, have never heard of Mount Shasta, can you elaborate a little bit on, on what's so special about this place? Yes. Uh, Mount Shasta is a very touristy area. Um, I, I believe they've had millions of tourists visit the mountain. And the mountain is a sacred site. It is a healing center and energy vortex. And this uh, mountain basically has supernatural powers. And some you know, go there just for recreation, hiking and biking. But some people actually visit this mountain to connect with their higher self and, you know, even connect with their spirit guides and have spiritual experiences. And the energy is just buzzing there. It's so high. So I, I would recommend anyone visiting there uh, to visit. So when I, I went there, I was really drawn to sort of bring some of my energy healing and my planetary energy work about. And so that's sort of kind of my other 
type of work that I do, I sort of kind of connect with the, I don't sort of, excuse me, I connect with the energy grid lines um, at, in different vortexes, specifically a lot located around the West. And I do something with the, the activated vortex and I help kind of sort of transfer the energy uh, around the planet and the, the around the gray lines and grid lines of the earth. And as I was doing this, I noticed that I was actually channeling more and more energy and I was able to get more and more inspired about writing this book because it's not just a book with my own thoughts. I feel that I was spiritually guided to write this book and there was influence um, in part by the sacred mountain, Mount Shasta, it really brought me to the point where I could open myself up to concepts and ideas that I never really thought I could. So I was going through some of these life experiences while living there and among other places traveling. And I had new and new thoughts each day. And it took a couple years writing this book. So basically it, it's a culmination of not just knowledge, and wisdom, but it's also my life experiences that sort of kind of propelled these new concepts in the book. That's so fascinating, but I want to know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you've listened to the podcast before, so you know that I'm really curious about stuff and I like to connect the dots because it's so interesting to hear you speak. And it seems, you know, I'm a very visual person and I see like two parallel realities side by side, you're living kind of these two lives. What is the point in which they intertwined? How do you go from, you know, being this student of fashion and working retail and super passionate about that to all of a sudden, you're living in monasteries, you're moving ener energy grids, you know, around the planet, you're moving to Mount Shasta. Is spirituality or you know, being connected to source, the universe, has that curiosity been with you from a very young age? Or did you have a quote unquote awakening at a certain period? Oh, that's a very good question. And I'm glad that you asked. And well, it started when I was young, I've always been a very sensitive person. And I believe I actually, uh, went through a lot of trauma and a lot of suffering at a very young age and some of this suffering and trauma sort of uh made me sort of leave my body per se like sort of kind of leave my body and focus on things and aspects that are beyond this realm because I was, you know, I'm living in this body and I'm suffering. I'm going through a lot of things. There's a lot of evil on this planet and I've experienced and observed much of it. So I, I sort of started not leaving my body, but my soul and spirit wanted to, to leave my body at a very young age. And it wouldn't, it, it refused because I'm supposed to be here. That's resonating so deeply with me. Yes. I and remember so like from a very young age, just being like, where's the reset switch? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home, but not knowing where home is because you don't have all of the answers. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and you're like, home is yes. supposed to be where your family is, but you feel so disconnected and that you're just 
you keep, I, I just remember looking at the sky all the time when I was little and saying, I want to go home and having no idea what that meant. Yes. And I will explain to you a little bit of how um, I sort of went to the mountain and I got connected with sort of my spirit guides that really brought me into a new level of thinking and perceiving and knowing that other life in the universe exists. And uh, I read a lot about Lumeria and the Lumerians being connected on the West Coast and Mount Shasta. And, and this place was an ancient area and location where the Lumerians lived. And I believe I actually do have some ancestry with the Lumerians. And I, I kind of uncovered this information just from, you know, other shamans and healers, not directly telling me, but indirectly, and as well as my spirit guides. So I kind of found out in my late 30s that this planet is a battleground. And from some people who may understand, I believe you will understand this, Satan is sort of the ruler of this uh, planet and not because they're supposed to be. Uh, Satan is sort of uh, doing an experiment and has tried to invade this planet and create an infestation of evil that run rampant all around the Earth's surface. So m people like us are here and we're wondering, what are we doing? And I, I believe that we are actually just living and surviving, but we're going to soon be, you know, living a lifestyle that makes us feel more comfortable and at home because right now this earth and these energies are so destructive and they Do you believe really that we're in the, in the middle of a mass awakening? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I believe that the pandemic permitted a lot of people to go within and sort of question themselves, maybe? Entirely. Absolutely. I mean, there's just so much superficiality on this planet. And when people have to sit with themselves, I believe this really did make a turn uh, for the best. And I this realize is how much control there is from you know, the, the masses trying to be controlled at a level that's never been seen before has caused a lot of people to ask questions that normally we wouldn't, you know, because we get so caught up in this 3D reality and living our lives. And then all of a sudden this pandemic happens and we're, we're realizing that, hmm, okay, there may be a hidden agenda to all of this. And maybe this has been going on for a really long time. I agree with you 100%. And yeah, I mean, what do you think about uh, this planet being a, a battleground? Well, you, think you know, it's interesting because I've, I've read a lot of Dolores Cannon and, and listened to a lot of her interviews. <clears throat> and I do believe, you know, she, she said very sternly multiple times that there are waves of volunteers that, you know, we're sent to earth. And I think that you and I are approximately around the same age. And that um, the first wave was like the boomers. 
and then there's there's our group and then there's the ones that the, the kids that are probably around 12 15 years old right now and that their only mission is to bring light to earth and so what you're saying sort of resonates and you know she says that a lot of these volunteers because of course we forget um, we're the ones who are labeled with the ADHD and the anxiety and the depression because we have this yearning to go home. We feel like we don't belong. We feel like we have this mission and purpose that is greater than us, but we can't explain it. And so this constant battle within us when really our mission is just to be and bring light and elevate you know, the vibration and consciousness of the earth. I think what you're saying is very interesting because I struggle with that a lot, you know, finding your purpose and why am I here? Because I feel that I am a good person. I am light. I am love, but we get caught up in that. I am just one person with this light, with this love. How can I help? You know, as a sensitive person, I don't know if that resonates with you when you see so much chaos, so much hurt, so much war, so much famine on this planet thinking there is absolutely no reason for it. There is a, a, a wealth of abundance on this earth. There is no way that any of us should be suffering and yet we are. Yes, that's beautiful. Uh, very well said and I agree with you 100%. And I do believe that we are here to deactivate the evil technology. We're here to deactivate the, the negative frequency and vibration. And like you said, anchor the light be here simply to raise consciousness and sort of kind of be a channel, a channel for the higher vibrations. Yeah. So yes, I, I believe a hundred percent that this new age, this awakening and ascension is occurring. And, you know, I've also been very impatient and I've said to myself, <laughs> why is it taking so long? But Ditto. <laughs> Oh yeah, my but- God, let's get the fucking ball rolling here, people. <laughs> I've got my I've got my lightsaber. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, and I truly, I truly feel um that you know we may not even know what time is. And and you know, we only have our own version of time. Mm. But you know, we might be going into different time capsules soon in different time zones and new ways of looking and perceiving time, which yes. to me would be fascinating. I mean, and, and I believe really- that I believe that we, you know, we can be living in parallel timelines within this reality with people that are experiencing different things. And I think COVID has made that so apparent for me, like in my reality, it is very clear that, um, you know, there's a hidden agenda behind this whole pandemic. And I, I'm, I'm not going to dive into it because I don't want to seem like a conspiracy theorist, but there's just too many things that don't make sense. And as much as I'm a sensitive, I'm also uh, a very rational person. I'm a Libra. So I like to weigh both sides of the argument, you know, and, and this has just not made sense for me. And I don't like things that don't make sense because it makes me feel like there's something wrong. Right. Yes. But, um, this, this impatience and this, uh, this energy, this, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do with it. Well, I really believe we're doing everything correctly, but we're a little bit blindfolded. We can't see the whole story and it's frustrating. Yeah. And my theory, which 
everyone has different life experiences. So what I, what happens to me, you may not, you know, experience. But well, exactly. Yeah. And that was, the point, that was the point with COVID in my reality is that I see this for what it is. Like I'm not panicking. I'm not, but there are people that are very close to me that I see daily that are in my reality that I've put there, but that are having completely different experiences. Yes. They're petrified. They're scared. They're angry. They're up in arms. They're their reality of this, this pandemic over the last two years has been completely different. It's been nothing but fear and it's been, you know, discomfort and it's been dis-ease. Yes. And for me, it's been a time of, you know, nurturing my soul and going through the healing process and this moment to breathe and course correct. And so I think it's so interesting when you talk about timelines, because I do believe that we live that we just don't have the words for it. Mm -hmm. We call it different opinions and points of views, but this isn't a different opinion or point of view. My being is not living in the same reality as those people who are living in fear. That's the only way I can explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we may not be able to see everything. I, because, you know, whether our third eye has been deactivated from evil entities i believe personally speaking that you know there was some satanic cult activity that had brought me to a state where i was led to feel like a fool because like i said i i like to know what's going on i like to know the pieces of the puzzle and this universe and why we're here and i think some of the reason why we're in the dark and why things aren't being told to us and we're not you know completely connected to our higher self is because i think this planet really was infest infested with uh evil and when there's so much of that heaviness and so much of that uh darkness it almost to a point probably deactivated some of my uh, supernatural powers. So that's yeah. why I feel like with this ascension happening, we're going to be able to be more connected to ourselves in more ways than we can that. imagine. Yeah. And I hear that more and more every day. I mean, if you, you know, if anyone who's on the internet at all, we are hearing about intuition. We are hearing about mediumship so much more. We are hearing about psychic abilities in terms of clairaudience and clairsentience and this inner knowing people are waking up to these different energies and possibilities. And many of them, the good teachers are simply just passing along the message that we all have this within us. We just have to connect to the source. Yes. That it's not just a few chosen special ones like, okay, you and you, you know, you and you, your, your, your pineal gland is activated. You have a third eye and you can communicate with source. We all have it within us. Yeah. No, I, I believe it entirely. I believe what you're saying is completely true. And so you said something because I want to get back on topic and you said something in our conversation before the recording that completely blew my mind, but you talked about fashion and clothing that we wear. And you spoke about our vibrations and our energy. Now, that's something I hadn't considered, that the clothing and the fabric that we put on our bodies or our sheets, our linens, our 
curtains in our home because everything is energy. And that's why I'm so fascinated by you is how could I have never considered that the leggings on my body or my underwear or my sheets carry with it a vibration that may not be in harmony with my being's vibrations. Can you dive into that for me? Yes. Um, I believe that in the 1930s, when the chemical giants, you know, Bayer, DuPont, they sort of transformed the industry into a polyester, rayon, acetate, acrylic textile industry. And it just took over. And we have about 80 to 90% all polyester in set synthetic textiles right now uh, consuming the market. And this domination is occurring because I, I do feel like there's been a suppression and polyester in symbolism is sort of suppressing our bodies because of the lack of breathability, because of the characteristics of it being more acidic than uh, pH balanced. There's numerous, you know, toxins and chemicals that we're being, uh, you know, being exposed to. So uh, this is just one type of frequency and energy that I speak of is the types of materials and the plants being, you know, we have such a medicinal aspect to plants with our food and with our clothing. The dominant is cotton and linen, but I find and through my research and understanding that we will never ever become a plant-based wardrobe industry with just cotton and linen. So when we bring in Rami, bamboo, tensile, capic, pina, even uh, cactus and aloe and rosebush stem, when, when we bring in multiple types of different plants to the picture, it will be realized that we can have a plant-based wardrobe. But right now, I mean, we're just sort of stuck with this polyester because it's just taken over and it's so easy and cheap and, and quick, but it's causing a lot of issues and it's causing some frequency problems as well. And, and I do own polyester. You know, I, I wear polyester shoes and I have a coat that is aligned with poly and I'm not, you know, thrilled about it, but we're living, you know, with the demand of poly and it's not completely, uh, it's not completely a way that we can just go on to uh, into a store and find a whole plant-based coat. It's just not possible right now. Right we don't now. have the demand and so we really have to work on the types of materials and even with the garments and the silhouettes and cuts and fabrics and textures, working on ergonomic fashion in order to align our energies, in order to um, protect us from negative energies. And this is what is already occurring with our clothes, whether whether we wear synthetic fabrics or not, it's still occurring. We still, we still have these uh, subtle supernatural powers within our fashions but I'm actually in this book trying to sort of create awareness and be an advocate to that and really find uh, ways and concepts and philosophies and thoughts and ideas that we can sort of bring about into making fashion a healing tool a healing modality because so it's, it's all about spiritual ascension it's all about clothing yeah. being able to yeah, clothing be able to um, 
increase our aura, expand our aura, sort of kind of bring us into a state of healing and comfort and even activate our DNA. Uh, to, to I love different. that. I love that because the food we eat affects us. The lotions and products we put on our body affects us. So it's only natural to assume that the clothing we wear interferes with that as well. When is your book going to be published? Is it already out? And how can our listeners uh, find out more about that? Um, yes, my book is available now and you can order it on Barnes Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and there's, you know, over a hundred bookstores worldwide that has actually placed it on their online system and hopefully they're indoor. Yeah, so I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the amount of uh, people who are tuned Curious in. Curious about this. Yes, and, and, and like the, the ideas. It's sort of a book for fashion consumers and professionals. So it's not just an industry book. It's really for the, the, the fashion consumer who wants to elevate their wardrobe and just find more information about fashion because a lot of this this uh, work I include is, is just research and history and things that we don't often find or hear and see in the fashion market. Yeah, because we live in a, in a society now where everything is available to us at all times. We don't have to research it. We don't have to really rack our minds with how it's made. No one's really making their own clothing anymore because, you know, you can buy a t-shirt at the big box stores for five bucks. You can buy, you know, underwear. Everything is so readily available. And I love that this project can help educate us on the history and, and lean into a different way of you know, of being fashionably healthy. And the name of the book is? The name of the book is Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. I love it. Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. And you've been such an awesome guest. I look forward to having many more conversations with you. I feel like you and I could unpack a lot of stuff. And yeah, um, we definitely are <laughs> like-minded kindred spirits. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll have to, we'll have to have you back on. I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank and you so the much. Links, the links to, um, to your social and for anyone listening who is curious about um, Alyssa and her, her work, you'll be able to access that in the show notes. I want to thank you for being here and and helping elevate the consciousness of the world. Thank you so much, Emma. I, I really appreciate it. And I wish you a beautiful day. You as well.